Hi, this is Justin Edinburgh, and you're listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast. Welcome to this week's NL Full-Time. Thank you very much for subscribing to us, as always. You can do that via iTunes and on Spotify. Another interesting week in the National League this week, and also in the FA Trophy, and to look over things with us is uh, Rich Wharton. Hello, Rich. Hi there, Luke. Are you, you OK? I'm really good, thanks, Rich. Yeah, um, we'll get on to how you're feeling in a minute. And also with me is Tom Lang. Hello, Tom. Hi, Luke. How's it going? Yeah, really good. Cheers. And joining us this week as well, as always, it's Rob Worrell. Hello, Rob. Hi, Luke. Chris Pratt as well. Hello, Chris. Hello, Luke. So... Before we look at the National League, what we're going to do is have a quick look at the FA Trophy semi-finals. Well, can we call you uh, the non-league paper correspondent now, Rich? Because uh, you and Chris were side by side in a way in a non-league paper. Yeah, I suppose that you can. Yes, I'm happy with that. <laughs> um, but ultimately, both games ended in disappointment for the National League North side. Telford went into it. They went into the second leg, one goal down. They ended up losing by two goals to one, three, one an aggregate. But Rich, it sounded like it was a really tight game and an entertaining game. Yeah, I, I spoke to... Telford's captain Shane Sutton in the week and, and he played some football over two legs when he played in European football with his time in Newtown in Wales and he said I, I was expecting the second leg to be very different he said the first leg was very cagey everybody's aware that there's another game coming up so nobody tends to open it up too much he said but I'm not expecting it to be like that on Saturday he said I think both teams will go for it and they did um, I think Obviously, Orient were restricted in going for it by the fact that they had Matt Harrell sent off after just short, shy of half an hour after he'd put them ahead. And Telford hadn't really been in the game much up to that point. But um, yeah, with with the numerical advantage, they 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 had a the the last fifteen minutes of the half and the opening twenty twenty five minutes of the second half. It really was all them, and the, and they they tried what they could, but. To be fair to Orient, their defence was really, really solid. Restricted shots that the goalkeeper sort of managed pretty comfortably. I said we got back to one-one in that spell before half time, but 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 we just ran out of steam towards the end. And and yeah, and ultimately they were better over the two legs. And congratulations to them. And it was good to see the books head full as well. There was all, just over just under three and a half thousand there, and that, I suppose that's where you want to get back to now, isn't it? Oh, very much so. <laughs> if you spot any of the the, the videos that we do on on YouTube with Gavin Cow, and he, he recalls a, an interview I did with him at the start of the season where. Um, I, I put it to him that, you know, perhaps recreating the, the days that he had at Telford 10 years ago wouldn't be possible. And he just looked me straight in the eye and said, I don't see why not. Why? And and, and actually challenged me on that one and said, you know, he said to me, the fans are out there. If we can get this place, if we can get things right, I know that the fans are back out there. And I think yesterday proved that. So, um, yeah, and it, we, we have to take that as one of the positives out of this this trophy run that it has re-engaged people with the football club uh, and hopefully some of those people who, who've only given us an occasional look every now and again came back yesterday and like what they saw and will come back and it's about pushing on now in the playoffs isn't it in the National League North absolutely yeah we've we've got a only, only about one or two games uh, to make up on everybody else because I think the fixture's been called off last week people didn't get too far ahead of us and it's straight back into action on Tuesday night big game away at Bradford Park Avenue obviously I think they're joint third at the moment only fourth on goal difference something like that and and, and yeah there's no time to be moping there's no time to be um, you know thinking about what might have been we've got to get back on the horse and ride again and um, 
I'm sure that they will. I'm sure that they will. We've just spoken to Rick, the late Norrin Telford semi-final. Stockport foul was going along quite serenely, Chris, wasn't it, until the last five minutes, and then it all just kind of exploded. Oh, it was crazy, Luke. Absolutely crazy five minutes. And, yeah, and, and gutting for County, but obviously marvellous for, for FC Fylde as well. Yeah, they went 2-1 up with five minutes to go, did Fylde. Went, pulled back to 2 all, and then they went up the other end and Alex Reid scored the winner and, and sent it to 3-2 and it was a it was a crazy ending it was a day full of passion on both sides and it was it was somewhat great to be uh, to be part of but uh, yep yeah, unfortunately for county and unfortunately for for AFC Fylde, they were the winners yeah and you caught up with Dave Challoner after the game Okay, I'm joined by the victorious manager Dave Challoner on NL Full Time. Dave, what a crazy last five minutes! It was, yeah. Obviously, a way to uh, a way to end the game and a way to again book our our, our place at Wembley is uh, is amazing. Um, I, I thought we, we played really really well. I thought we dominated the game um, and deserved to win. Uh, obviously, when you win in in that manner. I don't know if it's more special or not. I think the, the 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 adrenaline in these type of games is flowing anyway. These are the games you want to be involved in, and finish to finish like that just shows says everything about football. Really, the highs and lows and how they can be be changed, and your emotions can change minute on minute. <laughs> you must have been you must have been gutted when that equaliser went in. Yeah, you, you obviously you score and you look at your clock and it's 40 minutes and there's five minutes to go and whatever injury time. You then have the the, the feeling of oh, the equaliser. You're looking at then extra time. We've been speaking about substitute and not really wanting to change or change it simply because if we'd have gone into extra time the, 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 I suppose the thing you do in a league game would be to bring a forward you can't really do that because if I've got the extra 30 minutes you're then hindering yourself so to concede from a corner like I said the two goals we've conceded have been a, a poor for us um, but then again showed an r- r- awful amount of character because like I said we, we, we dominated that second half and probably their one attack they score to go up the other end and get the winner just is a uh, again mind-blowing makes me immensely proud um, I mean my biggest honour in, in, in football like I say to, for the, to walk out to watch these lads um, play at Wembley so something we can look forward to at the end of the season we said again it's a quick turnaround we obviously travel to, to Lake New Orleans on Monday to play Tuesday um, but you've got to remember them feelings because I've said it prior to the game really there's more losers than there are winners in football so we'll, we'll cherish that and, and look forward to Tuesday now Can you sum up the journey that this club's been on I was with you on Monday your um, FA Cup runs about five or six years ago when you were at Kelmer Park I spoke to you a couple of times look where you are now it's amazing isn't it it is it is I, I think you've, you, we're one of them clubs and our chairman spoken about it previously saying other clubs have lots of history we're having to make our own history if you like which is great for the players because it gives them an opportunity to I suppose be part of this club moving football football moves on really quickly season on season players move on players um, go to different clubs and, and, and what not we've just said it at the start of every year really ultimately we've we've got realistic aims to get further than we've ever got in the FA Cup to get further than we've ever got in the FA Trophy to try and get ourselves into the Football League um, and the rise has been has been has been great it's been really really good great to be involved in I think you've always got to go back and, and realise how lucky you are to um, be one of the successful ones not that we don't work hard at it but um, I'm very very wary that um you have to enjoy these moments because they don't come around all that often. Can you go on and win it? 
Of course we can. Um, like I say, we, we listen. We, I think, both of ourselves and, and Leighton Orient um, have got bigger ambitions of this season. A Tuesday night's game will be, a, a, like I say, a testament to, to that. Um, but it, it's wide open. They're a good side. We're a good side. Um, like I say, I, I think if you're going to look at environments and atmospheres, this is a, a good a good place to test yourself to go and play at, at Wembley in front of doesn't matter how many people are there. Um, just that, like I say, I was fortunate enough to play play at the old Wembley. Um, to be able to go and manage at the new Wembley will be a will be a like I say a huge um, a huge bonus come the end of the season. But ultimately, we want to go there and win as well. Best of luck with it. Well done. Thank you. And that was an emotional Dave Challoner. He's, he's just really proud, isn't he, of going to Wembley? He's absolutely delighted. I think one of the key uh, quotes that he, he said there was, you know, I think uh, he said that it was going to be one of the most memorable moments of his career, and that just says something, doesn't it? Um, he's been with File for so long, so to to make it to Wembley must feel, uh, well, it does, it feels something special for him. And I've got to say, it was quite an even game in the first half yesterday. I would say they, uh, AFC File, edged possession and looked possibly um, slightly better team in the second half. So, um, yeah, let's hope they enjoy their day at Wembley against Leighton Orient. Yeah, and we were saying you wanted the county crowd to come out, didn't you, Chris? And you said they might do. There was just over 6,000 there, and it sounded like Fylde weren't intimidated in the end. No, they weren't. Um, there's a few issues I didn't put in my non-league paper report. There were a couple of fans came on the pitch and confronted the five players after they uh, they scored their winning goal. But apart from that, um, all but those two people were uh, showing the passion and support, as did 500 fans who, who made the trip from from AFC Fylde as well. And it was a it was a fantastic atmosphere yesterday. Do you think this will stop stop in the tracks, or do you think it'll just drive them on more? I think it'll drive them on more, to be honest. Um, they've missed, we're, we're coming on to the league in a second, and they've missed a couple of matches. They've fallen seven points behind Chorley now, albeit with those couple of games in hand. So I think they're just, they're just raring to go in the league now and to uh, hopefully try and um, secure a promotion spot. In the National League, Rob, we, we heard from Justin Edinburgh about the FA Trophy reaching the FA Trophy final, but when he wakes up, when he'll have woken up on, on Sunday morning, he'll have had a big grin on his face when he saw the results as well from the National League because it all went from the state top. Wrexham lost, Solihull lost, filed obviously near the trophy semi-final, Salford only drew. It was a perfect day from all round. Yeah, amazing. Really, really sort of following on the back of last uh, weekend when they didn't play as well and, and, didn't, uh, and the results weren't too bad for them at all. I don't think... If you'd have said to them last Saturday morning that by this kind of Sunday, when they looked at the league table, they'd still be top. I, I, I think they, I don't think they'd believe it. I think they'd bite your hand off. And uh, it's been a real test for the other sides. And uh, remember, we said a couple of weeks ago, um, it's probably going to come down. They're all pretty tight defensively. It's going to come down to who can keep scoring freely under pressure. And would you believe it? Salford couldn't win or score at home to Barnet. Solihull Moors couldn't score or win away to, to Halifax. At least Salford got themselves a point, but uh, I didn't really see that Halifax result coming. That was the shock of the weekend for me, and they've hit the golden 50 points, Halifax. I don't think any of us thought they would be safe with seven games to go, did we? No, definitely not. Um, in terms of in Halifax, I mean, they made some a, real, a couple of really good signings in recent weeks. Somebody they brought in him. Um, Francis Duku from Cheltenham and also Devante Rodney from Salford. Yeah, Halifax have, have taken steps to uh, um, 
ensure their safety. And to be fair, pretty decent home record. Just three defeats at home all season. I don't think uh, there's any other teams in the league that have, have lost less games than that. A lot of draws, but uh, pretty solid at the Shea. Um, as for Wrexham, well, those doubts are still there, aren't they? It's the third consecutive year they've been top at some point or other. Obviously, we know they've been through managers. But it does seem that, that uh, you know, at this point that they might be the bridesmaids yet again. Let's not get too carried away. They're only a point off the lead. But they've now played 40 games, Luke. They've only got six left, whereas uh, Leighton Orient have got nine games left. Um, and, and I think what's happened over the last couple of weeks, as for the first time, I think it's starting to look as though there might be a clear favourite, and that clear favourite might well be Leighton Orient. One team we can't write off yet, um, and, 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 and obviously they were involved in semi-final FA Trophy action as well, is AFC Fylde. Um, and... Uh, a massive game in midweek for them at Orient. Um, a big, big ask for them. But if they were to go and win that, they put themselves right in the driving seat. Uh, I think they'll be just three points behind, won't they? Yeah, and uh, dress rehearsal as well for the FA Trophy final, so it'll be interesting to see that. And yeah, Fylde will only be three points behind Leighton Orient if they do manage to go down to Brisbane Road and win that game. Turn our attention to the bottom, Rob, and... Well, they've done it at last. Aldershot uh, rejoice. If I had some happy music, I'd play it. But uh, they went to Bournemouth and got a really good win there, didn't they? Yeah, for the first time in a very long time, they got a good performance and a good result. The performances have been there for the last two or three games. But uh, they put it all together from start to finish. And I think the only worry on the day was that, that, that uh, ten, five, ten minutes into the second half, they had their ninth effort on goal of the match and still it was nil-nil. But uh, ultimately, it was uh, a good goal in the build-up from uh, Regan Booty out on the left. And a uh, bit of a scruffy finish, but a vitally important first goal for Johnny Goddard. And that was backed up a little bit later on by uh, Shorehand, uh, cool, uh, cool Hand Rendell from the penalty spot. Um, and a thoroughly deserved win for the shots. Um, I got a little bit of reaction afterwards. I spoke initially to Aldershot Town's Bernard Mensah. Regular listeners will know that every week after an Aldershot Town defeat, I speak to someone from the opposition. Guess what? It didn't happen today. I'm going to speak to someone who was on the winning side and someone who, I have to say, was very unlucky uh, not to have scored. Uh, let's start from the beginning, Mensah. You had three or four efforts in that first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, you hit the post and, uh, my goodness me, was that the best save anyone's ever made against you today from George Lee? Against me personally, yeah. But uh, a few opposition this season have uh, made some great saves against us. But like I said, great save. But we, we carried on pushing and, and we got the win, which is the main thing. That's what we need, wins now. It's felt like Groundhog Day in the last few weeks. Good good starts, good performances. Mm. The goal doesn't come and then, then one's given up at the other end. But today, those boys really showed some belief. And everybody's writing you off. And if anything, it just spurs you on more, doesn't it? 100%. Um, like I said, we're, we're down near the bottom. Everyone's written us off, so we've got nothing to lose. We have to give our best and... Uh, like I said, when I first came, we have to believe that we can we can stay up. And if we don't, there's no point in playing, is there? So uh, we all believe that we can do it, and uh, this is just a start, and hopefully we can kick on on Tuesday and, and go again, get another result against Barnet, and keep pushing on in the last few games of the season. 
somebody asked me before the game today, well, is this a more winnable one for shots? I said, no, they're all winnable mm -hmm. if you get it right. If mm -hmm. you defend, if you keep it out of one end and score mm -hmm. the other. And Aldershot played really, really well against Salford and Orient and got mm -hmm. nothing. Mm -hmm. uh, today, Borenwood weren't really allowed to impose themselves on the game because you did right from the off. 100% we started on the front foot. That's something we've done in the last few games, but we just haven't got the results. And when we're on top, we haven't scored. And uh, it seemed like it was going to be the same thing again. Uh, in the first half, we had a few opportunities, me and myself. Uh, hit the post and obviously the great save as well but um, Johnny came through great play from Regan on the left hand side and Johnny got a goal and then obviously the penalty Rendell he trusts him every time to score um, his penalty record's unbelievable so now a great result again but obviously it means nothing if we don't back it up we need to go again Tuesday and hopefully get another win now people will still look at it and say well it's a huge gap it's cut from 11 to 8 but I'm alright in thinking as a professional footballer you, you don't look at it like that you just this is where the one game at a time comes back to work in your favour doesn't it you just got to go win the next one to be fair I haven't looked at the table for three weeks so I don't yeah. even know where we are but um, I know we're in the scrap and uh, I approach every game the same like it's a cup final you want to win every game as a professional footballer and in the position we're in every game's a cup final now and uh, we just have to get the wins we win and see where we are at the end of the season hopefully we'll be above the line thank you very much, thank thank you very much. cheers Vince and I was also very kindly joined by uh, the, the losing manager Borenwood boss Luke Garrard who was as uh, amiable and uh, as engaging as ever I'm joined by uh, Borenwood manager Luke Garrard Luke, you called for the local public to get out uh, and, and, and get behind you today because you knew this was a big opportunity for Borenwood today to, 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 to maybe cement your place in, in the league just for, you know, just to feel from an assurity point of view that you were going to be here it's still a bit of work to do and it's not over yet but I, I guess from your point of view an opportunity missed Listen, I, I could name Dover, Maystone, Haven't and now Aldershot that we've given legs up to in terms of Dover come here with not many points on the board Maystone having similar scenarios and then today all the shot and I felt that i got to be honest they thoroughly deserved the win they moved the ball superbly if they go down no disrespect my job is born football club if they go down it's a big football club it's a big personnel that are getting out of the National League they show today that they're not fighting uh, they're not um, giving up they're fighting for the cause and yeah if, if we're nine points above them obviously six above, above haven't we need a reaction now come Tuesday evening when Solio have just been done by Halifax 2-0 to go and mm. make sure that we keep our place in this level no disrespect to Gary Waddock and Aldershot mm. my, my, my job is this football club my my future is this football club and I want to keep us in the National League and if we perform that it's not going to happen it's an incredible league, Luke. I mean, you must be as baffled as I am week in, week out. Literally any team can beat any team on their day. Um, you drew some, some, some similes between Borenwood and Aldershot, both in the playoffs last year. Both lost key players. You lost a lot of key players. And it's not easy to rebuild and just click straight into gear again for the next season, is it? I was speaking to Gary beforehand. Obviously, you look at the personnel they lost and the personnel we lost. I think that if we had the similar squad being us and they had a similar squad being them I think we're being in around it again I've got to be honest I think that you look at the level yeah you hit the nail on the head everyone beats everyone and yeah we, we our form against the top sides Fylde and Leighton Orient and Barnet and so on and so forth hasn't been too bad and that's probably my frustration because when the teams like Aldershot Dover, Maidstone and haven't come to town we don't deliver on a performance so frustrated um, gutted upset but listen, I wipe my mouth, I move on, I've got to park that performance, I've got to focus that Solly will come to town on Tuesday evening and 
yeah, we need to make sure that we're in the races to get anything from the game of football. And it'll be a very difficult, uh, different game to, to prepare for too, won't it? Because uh, with all respect to uh, Tim Flowers' side, um, and they can mix it, they can get the ball out and play a lot more than people give them credit to, but uh, their threats are more obvious and more direct, let's say. Um, but from your point of view, as you say, you, you need a response, and, and regardless of the tactics and the formation on the day, you need a little bit more of self-belief from them in their own performance I want to watch Toliol watch them in against Hemel um, in the trophy and very well drilled very organised know their jobs um, low risk but personal in there I see him make five six changes for that Hemel game and the personnel he had to bring in was showing depth and strength yes they go back to front a little bit more yes they're a little bit more relentless on that they, do they play? Yeah, I think they still have the ability to play, especially with Carter Hawkridge in midfield. They got Youssef and right up top. That yeah, I think they're a very, very good outfit, and they're in and around the position they're in. We know know that we've got to make sure that we're um, yeah ready ready for any anything they throw at us. But for me, I don't think we we were anywhere near the races today, and that wasn't because we didn't perform. I thought all the shot were better in terms of getting around us, pressing us the way they played. So. I give full credit to Gary and his side, and they finally deserve the win. And uh, just your your final thoughts, um, just reflecting really more on, on on where this club has come from, where it's going to. I, I still see it very much as a visitor, once, twice a season, or whatever, as a very progressive club. And uh, um, you know, to see the preparations going in place for a new stand as well, there's a long-term belief about taking this club forward, isn't it? Now listen, what he's done off the park is a credit to him, to this club, to to the town really, I've got to be honest, the way that we have built slow steps, small steps, year on year, you look at the facility that we've got opposite, I know that there's the terracing going in, in the, or should be finished by the, the summer or pre-season, the latest, and the ambitions of a new changing room, the £1.2 million pitch, it's, yeah, off the park is, is superb, it's just to make sure that we need the status of the National League. The, the league's amazing I love it I, I, I relish playing against the sides that are in it week in week out and we need to make sure that we're right on board as a group with a togetherness to yeah keep our status at this level we wish you very good luck and I hope of course that Borough Modano will shot are both in this league next year thanks Luke cheers, cheers. yeah that was Luke Garrard and he's uh, pretty upset it's not kind of going the way they wanted it to go this time and he's having to say he's having to take a lot of blows this year and, he, and, and kind of ride with it it was really Strange yesterday. I I uh, I didn't anticipate Borum would be in so kind of limp. I guess in the game they they were pretty awful in the first half. They got up a little bit of ahead of steam once they went one nil down, but uh, uh, really poor. And they looked to me like a team who'd only won one in twelve. Let's let's remember they were playing a team that had won one in nineteen. So um, credit to Gary Waddick. He's obviously coming for a lot of stick this season. But he does keep sending out a team, you know, with belief and with positivity at the start of the games. They, they, you know, they haven't necessarily got the, uh, the the strongest mentality and the best nows, but uh, creditable win for them. Um, it, one swallow doesn't make a summer, but they go again to Barnet on Tuesday. You and I will both be there to uh, witness that, and we'll see if they can put back-to-back wins together, give themselves uh, a slim chance of survival. Yeah, I will. Barnet follow up their clean sheet at Salford. We'll get reaction from Barnet all being well for next week's podcast. It's just the early game, the early kickoff. Obviously, Sutton were rock bad, and he's at Paul Doswell's taking a, a break this week. Robin, he said he's take uh, for personal reasons. He's he's just um, 
leaving football aside till the end of the season. He went up to Chesterfield and after a bright first half, ended out uh, ended up being steamrolled by uh, three goals to nil. Uh, Tom Denton inspired in the end and he really bullied him in that game. Yeah, a magnificent win for Chesterfield. They confirmed, you know, even though they've been on a good run of late, a lot of their fans are so used to hurt over the last few seasons they thought it was going to run out they've run out of steam but they haven't and they're almost across the line now as well 49 points but uh, whilst it wasn't a good result on the day for Sutton being led by Ian Baird at the minute I think for me from a Sutton point of view I just want to wish Doz um, all the very best he's always been available and uh, you know happy to talk to us on the podcast and uh, obviously had a hectic lifestyle running a very successful business as well and travelling up and down from Southampton he has done for sort of 10, 11 years as well and I understand both his parents have, have not been well too so yeah um, correct decision for Paul Doswell and uh, nice to see somebody put his family first Yeah and all of us here on the podcast as well wish Paul Doswell uh, the very best of luck and hopefully he's better uh, soon and he's back in the dugout uh, by next season and we'll look now at the National League North Hi I'm Adam Summerton you're listening to the NL Full Time Podcast and in the National League North, Chris Charlie, they took advantage of Stockport not playing by comfortably beating Leamington in the end. Yeah, it was comfortable, wasn't it? And um, every every sort of report I've seen on that game suggested it, it was comfortable. Um, although um, I, I know that uh, some, some reports also say Leamington made Charlie work hard, but um, Marcus Carver uh, put them ahead just uh, after the half hour, and then it took 12 minutes um, from time before uh, Marcus Carver made the point safe as well. So, yeah, Charlie doing the business and um, looking good at the top of the league, you've got to say. Yes, yeah, more they've um, they've kind of fallen away a little bit, Chris, haven't they? Ever since they kind of lost to Stockport County, and they lost midweek to Bradford Park, having you at home, and then they, they threw away one the lead against Alfreton on Saturday. Yeah, don't forget Alfreton are in really good form at the minute. They were unbeaten in five matches and uh, looking for a fifth win on the on the spin. And um, yeah, Spennymore not looking, uh, just just faltering, aren't they? At the, at the wrong time, probably. Now, Rich told me that he wants to mention, and I think this is definitely worth a mention. Spennymore had a miners' day yesterday in support of the Durham Miners Gala. They were celebrating the, the mining heritage of the town as well and County Durham and. Uh, Fantastic to them to uh, to make that happen and obviously recognise their, their heritage. Didn't strike gold in the end, though, Spennymore, did they? <laughs> no, good link. <laughs> no, they didn't, no. And um, they need to get back on the bus as soon as possible, don't they? Yeah, looking down at the bottom, it was looking good for FC United, wasn't it? They went 1-0 up at Curzon before Curzon fought back. And in the end, uh, it was a disappointing defeat for, for FC United. They couldn't follow up that win at Telford, could they? No, and it was the man we spoke to in midweek, wasn't it? It was Kurt Willoughby who put them uh, ahead in that game. Um, and it looked like, uh, yeah, FC could be onto a, onto a good one yesterday. But the revitalised Kurz and Ashton um, went and then scored three at the other side. And Sean Miller obviously getting a brace in that game as well. Kurz and Ashton looking good, not looking so good for, for FC United. But they'll be heartened by the form of Geisley at the moment. Yeah, Geisley just can't score at all, can they? Uh, they lost on Saturday, fellow, fellow relegation rivals Hereford threw a, uh, a Josh Gowling goal. And, and Geisley, at the minute, it's just Geisley nil, isn't it, Chris? 
It is Geisley Nil. I'm actually looking forward. I'm going to see them on Tuesday night. I'm looking forward to, to making that trip over. Uh, they're going to be playing Curzon, actually. So Curzon are quite free scoring at the moment, and Geisley clearly aren't. But uh, Geisley need some goals from somewhere because they can't just keep hanging around and being a target for those teams in, in the bottom three for for too much longer. And a massive win for Brackley as well, uh, denting Kidderminster Harry's playoffs hopes and cementing theirs. And they'll, they'll have eyes on Spennymore now, won't they? Definitely. Lotl have won the last five home and away and the last seven at home, Brackley. So they are seriously on a roll. And like you say, one point behind Spennymore now in third. They're also looking to strengthen. I noticed a real significant signing for them in, in midweek. Aston Villa, under-23 player Alex um, Prosser joined them as well. So they're really looking to kick on. And, and, you know, this is where teams do the business, isn't it? These last seven or eight games where... Um, the team that can keep the calm in those last seven or eight uh, games tends to do well and they're going to be looking for that third spot at Brackley because obviously that third spot gives you a bit of a passport through the, the playoffs in a home tie Indeed We'll have a quick look at the National League South now Hi I'm Hakan Hayrich and you're listening to the NL Full Time Podcast And in the National League South Tom what an interesting day once again Woking slipping up at home Hungerford winning at Billericay, some really odd results, and it's it's I call it silly season. We call it the business end of the season as well, but it's this time in the season where funny results happen. Yeah, it really, it is, isn't it? And um, you've highlighted it with that Woking result there. I don't think anyone really would have expected uh, Woking to drop points at home against Slough. Um, you know, Slough have had a, a fantastic debut season at this level, um, and they're fifth in the form tables at the moment. They've won three of their last four now with that Woking result, but. Um, yeah, Woking were ticking along nicely, uh, neck and neck with Torquay at the top. Um, and with them dropping points and indeed losing to Slough, that really does give Torquay the advantage uh, because they managed to take three points away at Concord Rangers thanks to a Carl Cameron goal. Um, so they're now two points clear at the top with a game in hand. Um, so having looked at it before the weekend and thought it really could go down to a uh, goal difference, that's a massive shot in the arm for Torquay in this title race. Yeah, Alan Dowson, well, he wasn't happy with the uh, with the Woking uh, performance. He said they were second best in, in all departments. Wasn't happy with the goal. He thought the the referee should have pulled it back for an infringement, but uh, really disappointed for Woking and, and they didn't need this at this time of the season, did they? Absolutely not. Um, and to be honest, uh, visit, being visited by, by Slough Town at this stage of the season um, is, isn't a pleasant experience. Um, they probably work harder on the pitch than any other team in this division. Um, they they cover so much ground. Every player on that pitch um, challenges every ball. Uh, they close down all over the pitch. Um, and what a nice moment for Francis Amati as well. His second goal for the club since he signed uh, National League forms in February of this year. Um, only 19 years old and he's come up through divisions with Beaconsfield Town and Flackwell Heath. So um, the fact that he's picking up goals now in the National League South is, uh, is really nice for him. Hungerford, they got a superb win to keep up their survival hopes at Billericay after falling behind to an Adam Coombs goal. Uh, they soon fought back, didn't they? Yeah, they did. And it was um, that man, Danilo Orsi Dodomo, um, who Hungerford actually signed from East Thurrock at the beginning of the season, um, who got his 11th goal of the season, his 10th for Hungerford. Um, and he's been uh, absolutely crucial for Hungerford this season. He's their top scorer um, by quite a distance as well. Um, when you look down their goal scorers list, their next top scorer is Darren Foxley with four. Um, so it shows you just how important he is to them. Um, 
again, I don't think I would have predicted Billericke to drop points there. But again, when you look at the uh, the race now at the bottom of the table, um, with Truro City dropping points again, uh, going down 3-0 at home to Chelmsford City, even though Hungerford are a point behind um, Truro, they're now significantly higher than in the form tables, with Truro dead bottom of the division uh, across the last six games. So again, they might have a point less on the board, but I think advantage Hungerford Town in terms of trying to stay up. And talking of Truro, Tom caught up with Simon from TISA, which is the uh, the Truro City Supporters, Independent Supporters Association. And uh, here's what he had to say about the recent takeover. So I'm speaking to Simon from the TISA Boys. Um, they're an independent uh, supporters association for Truro City. And with the news in the last couple of weeks that Truro City are due to be bought out by Cornish Pirates, the uh, rugby team based in Cornwall, um, I thought I'd give the teaser boys a call and just find out what the opinion was uh, within the Truro City supporters. So, Simon, is this a good thing or a bad thing for Truro City? Well, I guess the truth is we don't really know yet because um, there's been no real detail about, um, about the buyout. We, we don't know um, who's going to constitute the new board or who the new chairman's going to be. There's been no dialogue uh, between the fans and the Cornish Pirates. So, you know, we don't really know, but I mean, I think most fans would agree that the fact that somebody is buying out Peter Masters is probably a good thing because, you know, the club, the club, although the team on the pitch have done reasonably well during his tenure, the club has really been in a terrible decline and is, um, and is at best stagnating with no real club activity going on, so we would hope that the Cornish Pirates who are a much bigger entity, a much more structured group, um, would breathe some life into Truro City, but we're cautious because rugby union and, and football don't necessarily make good bedfellows, but we'll have to see. Um, yeah, so it's interesting what you say about Peter Masters there. Um, as a Cornish exile in London, I've watched from afar some of the developments at Truro City, and the information which comes out of the club, particularly on match day, is really lacking in comparison to a lot of the competitors in the National League South. Is that something that you hope will be improved under the new owners? Um, well, yeah, the whole thing about um, you know communication, um, PR it has been absolutely terrible. Um, you know, over the last few years, I think everyone would agree that um, some of the fans um, have got together um, and tried to improve that. You might have noticed a Twitter account called TCFC Updates, which is run by um, a couple of young fans and they're doing a fantastic job trying to promote a positive image of Troy City Football Club but they do so in the face of opposition from the club who who, um, who I think actually block their, uh, their tweets um, so that's how, how bad the state of affairs is between the fans and the club but, but yeah we would certainly hope that all those sort of things would improve under new ownership I mean, uh, so last season was a fantastic season with the FA Cup run. I was lucky enough to go to Charlton and watch that match and uh, finishing as high as he did. And then all the positivity seemed to go away almost immediately with the move to Plainmore. Um, You're back at Trieu Road now. This buyout from the Pirates means that the stadium for Cornwall is a realistic possibility. If that goes ahead, if Truro have access to the stadium, um, just, just what is the ceiling for Truro City as a club with the supporter base it's got? I mean, that's the key. Uh, I mean, what you said there is the support base. Charlton watched that match and uh, finishing as high as he did. And then all the positivity seemed to go away almost immediately with the move to Plainmore. Um, you're back at Trieu Road now. 
This buyout from the Pirates means that the stadium for Cornwall is a realistic possibility. If that goes ahead, if Truro have access to the stadium, um, just just what is the ceiling for Truro City as a club with the supporter base it's got? Well, I mean, that's the key. Uh, I mean, what you said there is the supporter base. I mean, really, we've got a, um, a pretty small following. Um, uh, I, I, I think that the Cornish Pirates might believe that they could do the same with football that they've managed to do with Cornish rugby, which is they've managed to rebrand a, a small uh, rugby team in, in uh, Penzance as the Cornish rugby team. Um, I, I, I fear that if they attempt to do that with um, with Chicago City, it won't be successful because football doesn't work that way. You know, people support their own clubs in Cornwall. You're not going to get you're not going to get supporters of Bodmin and Falmouth um, suddenly um, supporting you know a uh, a Cornwall Tigers or something something of that sort. So it's, I don't think that's going to happen. But um, um, so, so it remains to be seen how. Um, the new owners are going to sort of uh, generate that level of interest that's required in Toro City to take them to the next level. Um, it's very difficult to see how how they're even sustainable at the level that they are, but given the fact that there might be some more commercial expertise in the new ownership group, then, then maybe, that, maybe it will be, but taking it to the next step, for example, to, you know, to the Football League, looks pretty much out of our reach, I would say. Sure, sure. Um... You know, it's, it, it particularly was attracting players all the way down in Truro. Um, football League's always going to be a big ask. And in terms of the players, um, one player has stood out head and shoulders this season. I think Truro will be safe come the end of the sit- uh, end of the season. I think there are worse teams in the division. But even if you stay up, can you keep hold of Tyler Harvey this summer? Um, well, we don't really know what the situation is with contracts um, at the moment with Truro City because. Um uh, and, I, and, I, and I honestly don't know what the situation is uh, with Tyler, but um, you know, in this respect, you know, all football teams are the same, aren't they? I, I mean, you, every, everybody's got their price, and, and I would think that um, you know, someone that's, that's been as outstanding as, as Tyler has is certainly going to be uh, commanding a lot of interest. And you know, with, with a heavy heart, I would, I would say, you know, he possibly could move on. I mean, we do. All of our standout players seem to move on at the end of the season. Cody Cook last year, you know. So, um, so you know, I, I think the future for Chora really is to revisit um, uh, local talent, really, because it's not it's not sustainable for us to um, to be buying players um, from around the country. I mean, Cornwall is a, a big county. Um, there's a lot of football interest. Um, Chorbo, um for all his problems, is the premier football team in the county, um, and really we should be talking about and trying our best to uh, to bring local talent through. And I think that's the way forward for Troy City. Absolutely. Um, and speaking as a as a proud Cornishman, I'd love nothing more than to see Cornish players getting that opportunity at the national league level, um, especially instead of you know having to go up to the likes of Taunton um, and Tiverton to actually get game time. Um, Thanks very much for, for your time, Simon. Um, a cautious optimism for Truro on the horizon, uh, and good luck for the rest of the season. Thank you very much. And that was Simon from T Surrender. Interesting, really, that it's kind of um, he's glad Peter Masters is going or gone, and um, it's kind of a wait and see approach about it all, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, 
you often hear the phrase "better the devil you know." Um, I think in this case that's certainly not uh, doesn't ring true. Um, Peter Masters he sullied his reputation a little bit over the last few seasons. There was the quite unedifying spat with Concord Rangers when the pitches were frozen, then they weren't frozen, then they were frozen again, and they couldn't travel, etc. Um, the communication out of the club has been very poor. The decision to move to Plainmore alienated a lot of fans. Um, thankfully, that was reversed midway through the season. The takeover by not a rival sports team, but a sports team whose interests don't necessarily completely align with those of Truro City's. Um, you know, don't as as Simon says, don't ever think that if it comes to resourcing, Cornwall, uh, Cornish Pirates are going to put the interests of Truro City ahead of the interests of Cornish Pirates. Um, so it will be interesting to see how that plays out. However, again, as Simon says. Cornish Pirates are a well-established team. Um, they're, they're pretty pretty well-respected down in Cornwall, so it'll be interesting to see what their board of directors can bring to the table uh, for Truro City. And if you thought it was going to give Truro a shot in the arm, well, the visit of uh, Chelmsford put paid to that. Um, Reese Murphy picking up his uh, 20th and 21st goals of the season, which keeps him in the hunt at the top of the uh, goal scorers' charts which he needed to do on a day when Kabongo Shimonga got two for Oxford City as well. Yeah, and um, Shimonga, he, he's gone past 30 goals now for the season. It's an amazing achievement. It is an amazing achievement, especially when you consider um, that really bad dip of form that Oxford had in the middle of the season, where apparently everyone else on the team stopped playing, but he just kept banging the goals in. Um, he's got 21 for the league. I don't think anyone would have expected him to have such a good season. I think when you looked at the squads at the beginning of the season, Personally, I probably picked out Matt Patterson as the danger man for Oxford City. Um, he's obviously now moved on. But, um, yeah, what a season Shamanga's had. And if it wasn't for the fact that Jamie Reid has um, been transformed under Gary Johnson at Torquay United, then um, Shamanga would be in with an absolute shout for top goal scorer this season. I'd just like to go back down to the bottom of the table, really, for Gloucester City. Um, and full credit for them taking three points away at St Albans City. Um, St Albans are a good side, as we know. They're always there or thereabouts in terms of the playoffs. So to go there at this stage of the season and get three points when you're looking over your shoulder at, releg- shoulder at relegation is uh, is genuinely quite impressive. And what a uh, what a revelation Fabian Roberts proven to be um, in the second half of the season. He's been absolutely central to Gloucester's attempts to stay up. And as it stands, there are two places clear of the relegation zone and uh, breathing hot on the heels of Eastbourne and Dulwich above. Eastbourne, who sold... Striker Harry Ransom to Millwall this week. They're going to get him back on loan until the end of the season. They felt that they were going to get the win on Saturday when it looked like they got a penalty, but it was overturned and the referee gave a free kick in the opposite direction. So a bit unlucky for East Barn in the end. Um, we've been looking at that bottom four of Gloucester, Hungerford, East Thurrock and Western Supermare all season and saying the three who are going down are coming from that four. Well, when you look at the form tables over the last six games, it's interesting that Hungerford, East Surrock and Gloucester are all well above the two bottom form teams in the division, Eastbourne Borough and Truro City. Eastbourne have picked up three points from an available 18. Truro have picked up two. Now, they were in a position of safety, but Eastbourne are now only four points above the drop and Truro City won. So we could end up seeing that from that four, who I certainly predicted the three to come from, only one of them will go down. So East Thurrock and Hungerford play each other on the last day of the season and uh, if they're both down there, which they probably will be still scrapping to stay up, that that is a relegation decider. We talk about Torquay Woking in that division, Tom, but wow, uh, that's to stay in the league itself. Yeah, it is. Um, and what money, a point being enough for both of them to survive if Truro and Eastbourne end up carrying on with this run of form. 
be interesting to see how that game plays out. Excellent. Thanks for joining us this week, Rich. Okay, thanks, Luke. Cheers. And thanks to Rob for joining us as well. Yeah, cheers, Luke. See you Tuesday at the Hive. Indeed, yeah, we look forward to it. Chris, thanks for joining us this week. Yeah, thanks very much, Luke. Tom, thanks for joining us. Enjoy the rest of your week. Yeah, cheers, Luke. You too. And that is all for this week. Thank you very much for listening once again. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes and via Spotify. Also, as Rob mentioned earlier, I'll be down at the Hive to see Barnett against Aldershot. And we'll uh, get reaction from a Barnett point of view for next week's podcast. Many thanks and thank you very much once again for listening. And we'll see you all very soon.